writers, agents, and publishers, for the first time since the Gutenberg Press, find themselves lost in a maze of mystery as technology alters the shape of the publishing industry. Searching for Answers is a group of writers throwing pop culture, writing, and publishing into a crucible of clarity, passion, and humor. This group is the Right Pack. In this episode of Right Pack Radio, we are going to explore the topic of novel brain versus short story brain. Why is it different? Stay tuned. Welcome back to Right Pack Radio. This is your host, producer, David Allen Lucas, uh, president of St. Louis Raiders Guild, president of Winding Trails Media, and by the time this is aired, you have heard about the brand new show that is coming to join the Right Pack Radio podcasting network, and that is Excelsior Journeys. Starting in October, it will be airing on Tuesdays. With me today is, of course, my lovely co-host. Hello, my name is Kathleen Payunde. I write speculative fiction under my own name. You can find my stories, um, You Will Always Have Family, A Triptych, and The Fairy Tree on uh, Nightmare and Lightspeed Magazine's websites, respectively. Um, I also write romance with a pen named Kaseka and Vita. And I'm having a fun month where I just write whatever I want. There you go. And also with me today is my lovely wife. Hi, I'm Melanie Lucas. And by the time this airs, I really hope to be, you know, actually working on my fantasy novel again. I have plans to be working on it again. But that has been on pause for various reasons. Yes. Um, And I won't go into them. But yes, the competition, those who followed is postponed. But it might be up by the time it started again, by the time this is airing. And also with us today is the Madame of Murder and Mayhem. Fedora Amos, I write Victorian whodunits like Jack the Ripper in St. Louis and Mayhem at Buffalo Bill's Wild West. And coming from Five Star in 2019, have your ticket punched by Frank James. I am also president of Greater St. Louis Sisters in Crime, and you may come out and see me on September 22nd at the West Bank and Central West End Book Fest. Come on out. It's going to be fun. Sally Field is going to be there. Wow. There you go. And also with us coming remotely today is our Sky Pirate Captain himself of Steampunk. And I can't hear you, Brad, because you are actually on mute. I know, that was my bad, sorry. <laughs> yes, I am Brad R. Cook, the uh, Sky Captain or Sky Commander, Sky... Admiral. Uh, I keep I keep changing your rank. Find uh, the Iron Carpet or the Adrenium Adventures or find out about uh, Tales of the Gearblade at cook.com. And I'm sure there's more coming down the pipe in the very near future, so find out about that there, too. And, um, well, the, apparently the internet kind of broke you up there, so that's bradrcook.com, for those who missed that. And you will be yes. at PenCon on September what? No, or are you gonna, I will be at PenCon. You're not going to be at PenCon, my apologies. Yep. You, I am not at PenCon. Other people will be at PenCon. Yes, PenCon. other members of Right Pack will be. And then, are you going to be at Archon? Probably, yes. Okay. So that's not ask me when that is because I don't know those kinds of dates. Yeah, this is October. Oh, you right. can go to Brad Art 
Dot com and it's listed on my events page. That is hilarious that the internet keeps cutting cutting you off on that. So let me repeat that. Brad R. Cook dot com. Yeah. This time you get to Brad R and then it just disappeared. All right. Um, and before I introduce the next one, let me explain that real fast. We have people who join us by video conference in order to be a part of a panel. So and right now apparently the internet is being screwed. That might also be because I am uploading the YouTube video for not this week's episode that got posted, but next week's. Okay, and also with us coming from New Orleans herself. <laughs> well, I'm not quite New Orleans yet. Um, my name is Camille Tanner. I am coming to you from South Mississippi. Finally, kind of. Um, I write secular fiction. I write regular literary fiction because I'm boring. Um, <laughs> And I am currently pursuing my MFA in creative writing uh, at the University of New Orleans. And by the time this airs, I will have probably already started classes. Oh, yeah, this will air first weekend of September. I'm going to do my first day, so everything is awesome. So to save her grade from, from professors who just absolutely love literary literature, she doesn't consider herself boring when she writes it. Okay, just just want to save you there. And on that, today we're going to talk about an interesting concept: novel brain versus short story brain. Some people are able to write both novels and short stories like it's no problem. Others, like yours truly, can't think in short story form. Um, I can talk about why in a moment. That I don't want to derail yet. And then there's people who really, they don't think in novel form. They, they, they like to write short stories. They like, that, they like the compact, compactness of a short story. So I kind of want to go around starting off with that of why, first off, why don't I introduce, go this way. Who considers themselves a short story-brained person? Anybody around the table? That is Kathleen, who's raising her hand. And Very Brad, Brad also is saying short story, and so and so. I have to put it in there. I've written a bunch of them. I have to say yes. Okay, but you write both short story and novel. You didn't ask for novel yet. I know I haven't written for novel yet. So short story there, Chanel, kind of, sorta. Uh, Fedora, Melanie, myself. I know the answer is no for me, but yeah, I've written successful short stories that had you know beginning, middles, and ends. Okay. I've written some short stories, but I've yet to sell one, so I'm not sure what that says about me. I Just that I get a weird tick every now and then, what to write something short. Gotcha. I have actually had one short story published. That's shocking for me to say that. But I can't think of short story form. So let's talk about novels. Who's had novels published? No, We've... not that. Novel brain. Oh, novel brain. Okay. Yeah, who's got novel brain? Okay, obviously myself, I've got Melanie, I've got Fedora, I've got Kathleen, I have got Chanel, and I've got Brad. So that's everybody around here. So, what's the difference between thinking novel length versus short story length? Go for it. Focus. Okay, focus. What, what about focus? Um, so, with short stories, you want to have a very narrow focus. You, you don't want to have, like... A whole lot of characters, like two or three characters, is, is, is like the safest section, like the safest 
the max number that you can have safely and still um, be telling a story with the short story scope. Um, and like, <laughs> a short story should only have like a few scenes. Like, it, it should not be an epic thing that you're documenting necessarily. Like, the point of a short story is that it is contained. You're telling an entire story, as Melanie said, beginning, middle, end, in a very short amount of space. So the details you keep in there have to be important, and the characters have to be important, and the events that you show instead of telling have to be important. I'd like to first back up one more step, and let's define what a short story is, because I've noticed there are different types of short stories. Uh, especially when you take uh, writing classes, you yeah. notice they don't always have that full beginning, middle, and end. A lot of them do, but you know. Well, okay, let me. I'm going to give a very brief answer to that, and I'm going to kick it over to Kathleen and to Brad in that order. Um, let's go with word count. That's what I'm going to stick at. Short stories are usually defined by the amount of word count that they are. It can vary a little bit, but. What I'm going to say about that word count is if you look at a lot of the professional magazines, they will tell you they accept X to Y, but usually they are looking for around three to 5,000, and 5,000 is really going maximum on that word count. And I'm getting a head shake against me. Well, since I know when I tried Miss, um, Alfred Hitchcock, Ellery Queen Mystery Mag, Isaac Asimov's, and... It was one other fantasy one that I used to try to write short stories for. And that was usually what I was seeing. So maybe that's, maybe that's old. But go ahead, Kathleen, and then Brad, and then Fedora. Well, like, the... the I'm looking for the, the word counts on Wiki. Um, the length of a short story can vary depending on, like, what... Where you're trying to publish it, but, like... <coughs> um, you will always have family is considered a novelette. It's more than 10,000 words. Right. So a short story is going to be shorter than 10,000 words by that definition. Um, and it's going to be longer than flash fiction, which is... About 1,000 at the max. Somewhere around there, yeah. So somewhere in that word count space is a short story, and they can vary widely within that space. Brad? Yeah, so uh, to throw out some context... 1764, a literary journal, which is an incredibly exclusive uh, publication out there, uh, they accept 70, up to 7,500 uh, words. Right. So that is kind of a good range for a short story uh, in terms of what will sell. However, the short story contest uh, that is also incredibly prestigious and runs through an organization that you may have heard about once or twice. Single Charges uh, Guild. That is asking for some words. Uh, so, you know, somewhere in that three to 75 is probably your best bet for a short story. However, I would say this, uh, every journal and every magazine I've ever known has their own word count yeah. for their short stories they publish, because that is about length of space within their publication. And so write a story and then tweak it for the different uh, places you might be sending it. Best advice I can offer for those trying to get into that market. Go for it. Okay, so I found it on Wikipedia. Um, they, uh, so the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, um, CICLA, uh -huh. specifies word lengths for each category of its Nebula Award categories. 
And they are novel, 40,000 words or more. Right. Novella, 17,500 to 39,999 words. Novelette, 7,500 to 17,499 words. And short story, under 7,500 words. So right there, we already hear some little bit of differences in what it is. This is always the fun that writers have when trying to figure out what links did you write your book for, what links did you write your short story for, because from everything I've seen, it's partially controlled by genre, because mystery novels tend to be shorter than full-length fantasy novels. Um, just by size, written for a young adult and children is definitely going to be different than written for adult. And then, as Brad put out there, the magazine that you're trying to publish in is going to have their requirements as well. But yeah, if, if you basically, as Brad said, 3,000, I'm going to go... Um, Kathy, what was the top? What was the top end on the wiki that you just read from Sifla? From Sifla? Yeah. Um, for which category? Short story. They said under seventy-five thousand, uh, under seven thousand five hundred words, or seventy-five hundred words. Okay. So, so basically, I've seen up to ten, so I'll go with that ten thousand at the most. Do your research, and if you are, I like what Brad said a moment ago. Write your story, then turn around and edit it to whoever you're writing it for, which you want to write, who you want to get published in. So, word count aside, what is the draw of a short story? And I'm going to say this, let me go, I'll go ahead and derail this a brief bit. I don't like short stories because I don't like reading them. They, they're too fast for me. They're, they're, they're too, there's not enough substance for me in my case. That's a me thing. It's a bite. Yeah, it's a bite. It's a bite. It's a story bite. Go for it, Brad. Yeah, so, uh, okay, so uh, I have talked about this before, so if you, uh, apologies to our long-time listeners, uh, I actually write a short story for every book that I'm about to write, uh, with the exception of the book that I just wrote, because I wrote it so fast that I didn't actually get this to do a short story for this one. Um, however, so... The short story is a way of testing out things in the world. Uh, things like voice, things like character, you know, things like action, um, certain technology, because I'm a steampunk guy. Uh, so I have often written a short story when I am inspired to write uh, a book, because then I will know if I want to spend that much time in, you know, writing a 3,000-ish word short story versus, or what they often become first chapters. Uh, also, then, um, is a way of testing out whether or not I want to spend time in that world versus spending 100 passwords in a book and then being like, God, I didn't enjoy that. So, for me, it's a, it's a testing phase. The other thing I like to do is uh, it, they are all something else. So, when I write a short story, it is usually me saying something else and then using this short story as a way of getting that message across because it's fun. Okay, um, I got Chanel coming up next, but, okay, go ahead, Chanel, and I'm, I'm trying to think of how to phrase that question to Brad. Go for it. Go ahead, Chanel. I'll come back. Uh, one of the ways that I tend to approach short story writing, because my brain doesn't tend to work in short story. Like, I can make myself do it, but it's a very peculiar kind of headspace that I have to maneuver myself into to make it successful. One of the things that I do sometimes, try and 
facilitate that is to consider a question and um, like sort of use the short story as a mechanism for trying to tease out the possibilities of that question, like um, a scenario or something like that. I remember one short story I have, I was like, what if I took the characteristics of someone that I love very dearly and use them to make them the most repulsive person on the face of earth? Okay, we could try that. Um, it ends up being, this character ends up being a crucial point in a short story I wrote about, you know, grave robbing and stealing urns and stuff. But um, it's like, if you give yourself like one idea to explore, it sort of inherently narrows in your focus, and that sort of narrowing the focus is really what you need for a short story. Excellent. Fedora? Certainly, in our very harried modern world, when time is of the essence for everything, sure. short things are often much more readable for many, many people than others. I have a friend who keeps a copy of Ellery Queen in the John and says that he will not read anything fiction longer than it takes for the ordinary crap. <laughs> okay. Ordinary oh my gosh. crap. Oh. Your friend is hilarious. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> uh, and that's, by the way, not a um, criticism of a material inside Ellery Queen. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. He loves it, but he would not read any fiction if it were not for short fiction. Was the gist of what I was saying. I understand. I'm, I'm putting, the, putting the scenario into a twist. Go for it. Something that I like about Internet Archives of Stories now is you can, uh, with the one that I frequent the most, you can sort by story length. So I'm like, I only have an hour right now, so I need stories under this length because that's what I can reasonably read in an hour. Mm -hmm. And other times I'm like, I want to read something epic. So I jack up the word count. And it's wonderful. Like, you can you can tailor the amount of time, like, you can tailor what you read to the amount of time that you have. Um, I wanted to mention, well, to mention something that Brad made me think of when he was talking about how he'll um, write a short story for a world to see if he, he wants to spend a novel worth of time there. Um, short stories are really good for things like that and for trying new things. And, um, and like for, I have this nasty habit of when I'm writing a long project, every other project looks totally sexy and wonderful and would be so much easier. Like I entirely believe this about everything but what I'm writing. So like writing a short short or a short story of that other idea is a good way of just getting it off my head and out of my head and like everything I like is in there so I can come back later. But like, it makes me feel like I've written the thing kind of and also lets me go back to what I was doing. But yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing, like I said, was craft. Like, um, if you want to see how you like writing second person, you can write a short story in second person. Right. Like, it's just an exercise and a short story takes up little enough of your time that it doesn't feel high stakes. It doesn't feel like you're sacrificing a lot of writing time if it ends up going somewhere you don't like or it's something you don't like. So it's a nice way to try things out. Okay. What about not? Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, sometimes you might have an idea, the kernel of an idea, and write a short story and then discover... You know, there's a lot more there, and I think short story isn't enough. 
a friend of mine, for example, decided to write a 50s noir sort of okay. story and decided that there was just too much meat there for it to be a short story. And since has written not only one, but two, <laughs> two novels using that character. So sometimes you start out in one place, and where it leads, you don't really know. That might be the whole thing, the whole short story. And as you say, it satisfies your demons, and you get it out of your life, and maybe you'll come back to it some other time, and probably not. But at any rate, it's settled, and your mind, those little characters and voices up there are not saying, write me, write me, write me. Or it may lead you on to something else, something bigger that is not what you had in mind in the first place, but it seems to be right in the long run. They can also help you explore character. Um, I have a novel that I'm writing, and uh, I was given the exercise to write uh, an important event in the character's life for uh, a certain type of event. And um, I ended up writing a short story about a trap meet that is not going to appear in the novel at all, but it it crystallized so much about what drives this character that it informs the rest of the novel. Like, so that's one of the whole, like, the underside of the iceberg type things that you can use short stories for. The other thing is, when you were saying your friend wrote the, uh, the <laughs> short story and found out there were two novels in it, it made me think of Neil Gaiman's novel Neverwhere. Neverwhere is not about the Marquis de Carabas. He is not the main character. He is a side character, an important side character, but not the main character. But he is so fascinating, so fascinating. So at the end of Neverwhere, like after that had been out for a while, Neil Gaiman wrote a short story called How the Marquis Got His Coat Back, which answers a question that, you know, readers will have at the end of the story. Like, does, does he get his stuff back? And it was great. I got to be in that world a little bit more, but with a different character, and it put a different spin on things. So short stories can open up avenues that novels can't necessarily because they're a different sort of focus. Okay. Brad? Brad? All right. Can I use what my... Oh. Dude, I'm totally good, right? There you go. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. I'm close. I was totally on... I was not muted, I swear. No, no, you were close. Uh, brought up the biggest thing, uh, the other biggest thing that I love short stories for, which is to expand on what you've already written. So I love companions to novels, and somebody who does this brilliantly is our good friend T.W. Fithney, who has uh, novels, and then she has short stories that go with each of those books, and I love it. Because not only that, you get to take that one moment that kind of gets, you know, sort of glossed over in the book or quickly moved on to the next scene, and you're like, but uh, wait, they're not, and you know, then the author gets to go back, write a short story, and uh, we all get a really cool uh, little adventure out of it. So the companion to the big novel is something I really love in short stories. The door. Agatha Christie, best-selling author ever in the world, over four billion books sold, has 66 novels, 14 volumes of short stories. So she's written a lot, and that doesn't even count the plays. But it's actually the play that I wanted to talk about. The Mousetrap, the longest-running play ever. It's been running nonstop since 1952. And you're now allowed to give the ending. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it's, it's not printed anywhere. That's uh -huh. why uh, 
like still running for all of these years. I can't even count that high. But at any rate, it started out as a 20-minute radio play for the BBC. I just wanted you to know that and to kind of uh, show off the fact that I've been researching Agatha Christie because I love her. Well, and I'm going to give one last little trivia thing there, and then I'm going to say something back to short stories. Agatha Christie hated how every novel or story of hers got turned into film. She did not like the way it got handled. And so in her will, unless this is mythology, but based on what I've read, this is fact, um, she wrote that the time mousetrap could finally be turned into a movie is when it finally left the London stage. And to this time, <laughs> it's yes, not yes, left. Do that. <laughs> um, one thing that, and, and I'm kind of glad you brought up Agatha Christie because that's going old school, lack of a better way of saying that, is short stories have, the purpose of short stories have changed to the author's publication career. And here's what I'm talking about. I, I couldn't think of a better way to phrase that, so let me clarify. Before um, the internet took off like it has, and even into that time period, it used to be the way in which a, a author got discovered, especially through traditional ways, was to get short stories published, get picked up by the big magazines. And as your name gets out there, your name got out there more and more, you were building your fan base that way, and agents would eventually accept your work to sell on to the big names. Like, that is a very short version of that process. And now that, that gatekeeping system is still there, but it's not required to go through. And also, too, a lot of the, a lot of the bigger name literary magazines have disappeared and have been taken over, or rather new ones have come up as <coughs> e-zines and so forth became more popular. One thing I will say, though, about e-zines is, while I absolutely do love their existence, if they go out, your story that you publish may not be out there anymore. Just FYI. Personal history on that one. Brad. Yeah, uh, since uh, Pandora brought up the plays, I wanted to throw out, it's actually kind of a cool thing to write in more than one format. Uh, don't just get locked into books because there's so much else to write. I mean, I just turned in my flash fiction to a literary journal for consideration. Uh, I have poetry that I've just been turning in. I've got play that we'll probably, hopefully, never see the light of day again because they're just okay. But the see the light of day at one point, that's always exciting. You know, and then we have short stories and there's novels and there's one acts. Uh, so, you know, there's a ton of stuff to aid to express yourself. Uh, I, and I just, I wouldn't want anyone to be like, oh, I can only write a novel. Right. Yeah, you know, think beyond that. Think, uh, you know, there's a whole world of writing out there. And he didn't even touch on nonfiction, memoirs, essays, etc. Yeah. Yep. Blog posts, essays, all of that. All good stuff. So, how do you know if your idea is a short story idea or a novel idea? I know in my case, if it's my idea, it's a novel. <laughs> I mean, just... No, I, okay, let me go to the novel for a second. And before I do, short stories, while I don't like writing them, because they do feel too tight to me, too gimmicky, actually, in my case. 
And I, that's, that's just the way I write, okay? That's that's a me thing, not necessarily everybody else. And Brad, yes, I see you. And I also see Chanel. Um, you really do need to have your, um, your prose very tight. Because you are. You're, you're stuck inside a certain amount of words that you're not going to be able to exceed. And novels, you can tend to get very long-winded in a novel. And that, nowadays, especially with, as Fedora said, our audience is very much more focused on getting in and getting out faster because we are, we get so many distractions. We don't want to spend a lot of time. That prose needs to be tightened on the long fiction as well. So it's a, it's a lesson learned from short fiction to long fiction. But I always find with myself, I'm wanting to explore an idea beyond just a simple two, three, four character combination. And when I try to sit down and write a combination like that, it's either very gimmicky, very plot-driven more than character-driven. And simple for guys, this is all me, okay? This is not everybody out there. Um, and I don't feel satisfied with the story I've written. And oftentimes that's the way I feel when I read a short story. It's the same way. Now I'm going to go with Chanel, Brad, Fedora. Chanel. All right, I'm muted. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so, with regards to how to tell an idea as a short story idea or a novel idea, it's, the way I think about it is how long does it take you to express an idea for the person? Like, if you have to sit down and tell somebody, okay, I have this idea for this story, is it a three-minute explanation or a 30-minute explanation? <laughs> like, that's the way I have to think about it. Um, one of the things that I am actually really terrible about is, um, I remember when I first started uh, at university, I did not like writing short stories. I had to have a teacher convince me that short stories were A, not a terrible thing, and B, like something that you can actually enjoy doing. And I wish I could remember that she gave me an essay to read, and I wish I could remember more information about it because it was wonderful. Um, but it, it's one of those things that you kind of have to your way into the amount of depth that you're going to dive into for the story. Excellent. Brett? Yeah. I simply to say the easiest way of putting it, and Chanel kind of dropped, you know, touched on it, is uh, with, you know, how long does it take you to say it? How many ideas do you have? If you've got one central core idea, that's a short story. You're not going to have time to express, like, you know, multiple haunts or you know, multiple plot points or any of these kinds of things. If you have, like, you know, a character who's going on dozens of adventures in your head and this kind of stuff, it might clearly be a novel or perhaps more a series of short stories uh, that you could write about said character. Uh, there's that option, too. So um, I, I really do think it comes down to how many ideas are you trying to express, what are you trying to express, and how many words do you want to devote to it? Agreed. Um, before I jump over here to Kathleen, I need to apologize to the audience. You're hearing me cough a lot this last weekend. I've got something going on. 
I'm not sure what it is, but it's definitely sinus related. So I apologize for your ears. Go ahead, Kathleen. So, um, David, something you said earlier in answer to my question was um, you mentioned plot versus uh, character. Mm -hmm. And um, the suggestion was that, you know, novels are more plot driven and short stories are more character driven. No, I was, I was trying to indicate in my case anyway, when I write a short story, it's more plot driven than when I write a novel, which seems to me the way I write is more character driven. Okay. Um, so that's still curious to me because like on the one hand, I, I, for me, I would think that a short story would have to be more of a character story because the character is having some sort of epiphany or change that has to happen quickly. Whereas with a novel, you have an entire character arc and you have an entire plot arc. And there's not a lot of space for a whole, whole lot of plot in a short story. So, like, how? what do you guys think? Like, well, okay, so plots and characters? Okay, so I'll go and explain mine and then I'll throw it out to you guys. In my case... Let me change a little bit how the short story feels to me versus novel. Novel, I feel like I'm on a journey in the story. In a short story, I am running a 100-yard dash. I've got to hit each of the plot points by this amount of time. Otherwise, I don't have that time. And that's why I feel it's more plot-driven. Because I don't, I've got to make sure by, pay, by word 400 that I've already hit X on the plot. That's me. Um, I've got Fedora, I've got Brad, so I'll go Fedora first and then Brad. Speaking to what you said, some of the most famous of the short story writers, like Saki and O'Pendry, relied upon a, uh, a twist at the end, mm -hmm. or a an odd plot juxtaposition, or a bit of horror, something that will uh, serve to tie it all together, end it with a bang. And so I think that that is clearly a plot-driven kind of thing with a device. And that's a very famous kind of short story and some that masters certainly use. So I don't think that uh, character enters into it really at all. The characters tend to be pretty ordinary. It's just that, bang, at the end you get something spectacular. Brett? And see, I would have to uh, disagree slightly in the sense that I think what David's mentioning and what I think others and what I see often is more of a scene than a short story. So it is probably, you know, it's short, something happens, it has a beginning, a middle, and end only because, you know, uh, something starts and then something ends. Uh, but the point is, is that the short story exists more as a moment in time probably of something longer, whereas a true short story is more of an encapsulated adventure in itself. Um, but yes, other things are happening that day, of course. You know, Something happened before the short story and something's going to happen after it. But the short story, the, the story you're telling in short form uh, is the most important part of that particular, that, of that, that's the most important moment of that particular person's whatever day, week. So the point being that the story, the short story itself is encapsulated. Yeah, there you get the great twist endings and stuff like that, but I would actually say that my best short stories have always been a character whose transformative moment 
is being shown you uh, in, you know, just a 10, 15 pages or so. Uh, and he's usually tied around, it, that's usually the side story. Uh, the main story is whatever you're seeing, or, you know, that's the main story, but then there's a side story of something more plot driven or something like that. That's how I like to write it, where I wrap the two in, so it's kind of plot driven and character, or the character's front and there's a plot going on in the background kind of thing, so. Fedora? Didn't Chanel? Oh, sorry, Fedora did Kathleen. I'm looking at Chanel and pointing at Kathleen. I would look at Chanel too. Many people consider Edgar Allan Poe to be the granddaddy of the short story, Mm -hmm. and his advice and what he attempted to do was to create a single impression, a telltale heart that beats and beats and beats (laughs) until it finally drives you completely crazy. A single a single feeling, a single image, a single impression left at the end is what he's going for. And it's a, it's a mighty big uh, job to try to do. And he did it very well. So perhaps we have different philosophies about short stories, but clearly that's one of the earliest and perhaps the most compelling. I was going to ask... I completely agree with Poe. No, well, I was going to ask if genre has anything to do with it, because... Sherlock Holmes short stories are fabulous, but they're not the same kind of like, you know, character has some fundamental thing about them and their worldview change type short stories. Whereas like a lot of the literary fiction I read now and a lot of the science fiction and fantasy that ends up in like best of anthologies, they have some sort of character moment as well as like plot going on. And yeah, is, does genre make a difference? I think the length makes a difference. I'm not sure about the genre. Okay. And, of course, it's the skill of the writer, too, and what they're trying to accomplish. Well, because, I mean, okay, back to Sherlock Holmes, because those are are the mystery short stories that I've read. Um, Like, there's there's a class Holly Lyle taught on how to write a series, and one of the things she talked about was, um, do characters change over the course of your series? Um... Like, does time pass? That sort of thing. And, like, I'm not sure how much... Some detective stories, you want them to be static, right? Right. Like, so you don't want them to have, like, some character moment. The important part of the short story is them figuring out what happened. So, like, the goal of that short story is, like, a, a how-done-it or a who-done-it kind right, of thing. It's plot. Yeah. Children. And you want the character to, to stay the same so you can write them in other short stories. Um, like... Is it different if you're doing short stories that are, like, a series of short stories about the same kind of character versus just a single short story about a set of characters? Like... Well, we don't want Sherlock Holmes to all of a sudden lose his mind or get targeted (laughs) and be inept in some fashion. Then he disappoints us. We don't want that. We want him to stay the same. Well, and also, too, Brad, I'll get you next. Also, too... If you miss, if you are making changes to your characters in a short story, from short story to short story to short story, and you make a change that is somehow dramatic, and if your reader misses one of the short stories that connects that all together, they're now lost. Is my thought. Go ahead, Brad. Uh, so I get I have two thoughts on this because I've written both actually, um, only. 
One of them will ever see the light of day, then. Uh, well, who knows? I shouldn't say only one, because it might get published one day. But, uh, so I wrote one. I have a, a series that I wrote. They're uh, World War II's diesel punk kind of adventures. Uh, they're fun. They're just meant to be fun. I've got like six seven of them. I haven't published them yet. Just it's, They lack the other thing. They lack that twist or the, the character-driven movement. There's more scenes from a really cool spy novel that I never wrote. Um, the characters never change. They're the exact same. The way they enter and the way they exit each uh, episode is almost comic book campish uh, in the sense of that they, you know, like a sitcom return to uh, the starting points each time uh, the story ends. However, Tales of the Gearblade, which will be coming out uh uh, is very much written episodically, very much a character who changes over the course of an arc, uh, and did that very much intentionally, but those arcs are laid out through uh, seven different stories that are all bound together, wrapped up in the same... They're like seven individual tales all wrapped up in the same adventure. So it's, it's very cool. It's a fun way of doing it. Yes, uh, you know, she changes throughout the course of all of that, though. So, uh, you know, kind of where I would also throw out, uh, and this is the other thing I want to throw out, that, uh, Star Trek, mm-hmm. uh, for its episodic television, if you look at each one of those as kind of a short story, would often have those character moments, uh, which would be profoundly affecting other stories having to come down the line. And it hurts. People would kind of just keep moving on. And yes, sometimes you could set people back to zero after they had a huge, you know, Riker-inducing, I've gone crazy because I'm in a mental facility type thing. Or, uh, you know, know, Riker in the next episode is fine. But then also, like, episodes later, somebody gets to mention the fact of, oh yeah, when you totally lost your mind that time. And you get to bring it back up. So, it it can be fun to do that, I believe. Uh, to have them change and to both play off that and uh, use it later on. Um, you mentioned this a couple times now. What distinguishes something that's short that is actually just like a scene or like a, a piece cut out of something longer that needs to be something longer from a short story? You learn. For me, a true for me a true short story, like it like, like I said before, it encapsulates its own self. It, it there's no need to tell the next scene. There's no need to tell the previous scenes. There, it's you, you know the the crux of the story. Everything you needed to know is right there. So I wrote a story about love, and then actually uh, that is uh, a clockwork heart. And it is the story of an inventor who lives in a town and his assistant comes and helps him every day and he totally ignores her. Uh, And I'm not going to give it away, but, you know, in the crux of everything uh, that happens, it's the moment that they fall in love. And that he more, it's not the moment they fall in love, it's the moment he realizes he truly loves her and everything that goes into that moment. Uh, there's no need or reason to tell the next phase 
where they live happily ever after, or the previous one where he's been forever and you know where she's been helping him out uh, for as long as you know they can remember. So, in of itself, it's a great story. It's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful little romantic story. It's a great steampunk adventure, but it's a moment of time that needs nothing else from. And I think that is. My favorite short stories are tend to be that, like a lottery, or the knife, or uh, oh, what's the one in space? I can't think of it, but I'll come back to it. Uh, so there's a ton out there, you know. That uh, to me, that's what it means. That is, it is a moment in time. Whereas my spy adventures, where you know each adventure is kind of popping along, you know, I want to tell what happens, not necessarily after they've left that adventure, but I want to tell their next adventure or whatever. So, to me, that's the way it varies. Because we've only got about another 15 to 20 minutes, I don't want to lose this. I know, Kathleen, you do have a hand up, and I think I just saw Chanel did as well. Am I correct, Chanel? Just nodding or... Yep, okay. If you would, in, in the continuance of this discussion, tell me, does when you're working on a novel, how does your mind change writing that versus a short story? And I'll go ahead. I saw Kathleen originally had her hand up. I don't know if you're going to go down this road or not. Chanel, you're next, though, so go ahead, Kathleen. I just want that out there, though. I do want to talk about it. Well, um, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I, I had wanted to talk about how you expand a short story to something longer and how you cut down something longer to a short story. Mm -hmm. um, and this, the changes your brain has to make as far as focus and detail. Um, for something longer, I know I have time to explore. I have time to explore more character motivations. I have more time to explore more characters' character motivations. And I have time to, like, to add subplots. Like, there's time for that. There's space for that. And I have time to let the characters move two steps forward and one step back and have them keep doing that. Um, but with a short story, you don't have the space for that. Like, you... You have to show that there's a romantic relationship in like a sentence or two in like with like a detail even um and that has to be enough to convey how close a group of people are um for example i had a short story that i was writing at clarion um where i i was going novel brain into the short story and the short story of course never got finished because there is a very limited amount of time to write things at clarion so i ended up like bracketing the end and what I realized I had done after, you know, I turned it in was I had written all the build-up to that scene that was actually the short story. Um, something that I, that I that I constantly do now, that I just recognize as part of my process, is when I sit down and write a short story, I'm probably going to have to cut the first three pages or at least the first three paragraphs because that information is just for me. That's That's not something that the reader needs to know in the way that I've told it. That's me setting things firmly in my head. Those things will come into the short story later more organically, but like, when I begin, I generally begin a novel brain. I wanna write everything out and I have to go back and cut um, and narrow my focus for short stories. Interesting, Chanel, Brad, Fedora. So one of the things that, um, one of the ways that you could think about it 
I've been kind of hashing this out um, as we've been talking, is the idea of breath versus depth. Kind of able to explore. Like, if you think about it in terms of like a scrapbook, you go through the scrapbook, you kind of glance at every picture. You, you see all the pictures, but you're not spending too much time on one individual thing versus being handed a, a Polaroid and literally taking the time to look at the picture and notice all the details in the foreground. Like, what is this, the main focus of the relation to the background? What is their relation to the person taking the picture? Like, things that you have to um, really be given only one off, um, one vantage point to be able to appreciate them. And I think that's kind of like the difference between going novel versus going short story. Because, um, at least for me, if I'm going novel, and I have to take off at this point of a lot of things, whereas a short story, I'm really able to sort of zoom on and get to the depth, a deep, murky depth of something. Um, that's long enough to me and my author. Brett? Yeah, I'd actually have to uh, uh, agree with a lot of what you know, just said there. For me, it is uh, a novel is not only like if a short story is a moment in time, uh, then a novel is a, a series of moments uh, to lay out and tell, which is awesome there. Uh, but like both uh, Chanel touched on and Kathleen, it is layering. Um, so that is that, that's really what I get to do. So not only is it now a series of moments that I get to tell what happened for this scene, the next scene, you know, how the story comes to a conclusion. But uh, I also get to layer in things, subplots, character, uh, certain themes or, that I want to touch on. Um, all of that does go into a novel. None of it gets to go into a short, well, maybe not none of it, but very much less of it gets to go into a short story. So uh, for me, that that's uh, a novel is the ability to really take your time and layer in not only the story that you want to tell, and other stories that you want to tell too. That's pretty good. Fedora. For me, reading is a vacation. I think everybody needs to have some way of getting rid of our everyday pressures, the problems of life, to get it off our minds, off our souls for a little while. And some people do that with electronic games or playing solitaire or digging in their garden. However you do it, it eases your mind. And the reason why I prefer longer works and why I write historical fiction is because that's what I want to read. I want a vacation that lasts more than half an hour. I want a vacation that lasts at least a few days and that I can live with and really get to know the place, the time, to savor the atmosphere. And that's why I write historical fiction. That's why I write Victorian whodunits, because I don't think there are nearly enough of them out there in the world. I haven't found them to read, so I'm writing them. That might be why I like to write novels. I like the way you described that, because you're longer, on, on a longer vacation. I don't like taking a one-day vacation. Right. I like taking two weeks, if I can get away with it. Or longer. Absolutely. <laughs> I go either way. You go either way. First time. Of course, then again, you know, 
that'll, that'll be better alone for me. Um, I was going to say about, yeah, when I used to get vacations, I was on vacation. But moving right along, um, do you, what, what do you see, we talked about how short stories lend their way to novels, and, wh- and a lot of the skills will lend their way to novels. Is there any skills that novels lend to short stories that we haven't touched on yet? Well, I would go the other way for just a moment. I think that everybody should try writing short some, regardless of whether you ever plan to sell it or do anything else with it. And not only write short, but then trim it, cut it. Cut it down to the very bone, the very essence. Make it as short as you possibly can. Get rid of every extra word. Because that is a very important lesson, I think, for every writer to learn. Because we so often get in love with... A person I know will write four pages of description. This is not something you could do in a mystery and hope to sell it. You know? And that description could very well have been shortened to less than a paragraph. So you can't indulge these habits... Really, if you're going to be a genre writer, for sure. And you you might be able to make it work in mainstream fiction. I don't know. I don't try to write mainstream fiction. And I was going to say real fast, you just circle back on something I said earlier about the dangers of writing a novel, is what you just described. Um, Chanel, um, Kathleen, I just did that to you again, didn't I? That's okay. Chanel's gorgeous. I'm okay being um, mistaken for her. Good job. Good job, us. All right. And um, just for everybody else to know, they're next to each other technically on screen and then in person. Yeah, we're usually next to each other in person, too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I got so busy paying attention to what you said after I had a thought that I forgot my thought. <laughs> there you go. Stop being fascinating. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I guess really in that note, um, unless anybody has anything to add or continue with, we can. Oh. Go ahead. Okay. So, Fedora, like I, I'm pretty sure I heard this on writing excuses, but there was um, there was an exercise that they uh, they uh, suggested their listeners do in one episode, and it was basically like write a short story and then cut out 500 words or mm-hmm. a thousand words and keep on doing that in increments until you've got something that's 2,000 words or less, and that seems like a really interesting way of figuring out how short story brain works versus novel brain. Like, write something and then cut and cut and cut and see, like, you'll learn to see what is not necessary, what you can convey in less space, in more specific detail. And uh, I think it'll help for later. Or even in less detail, but leaving it at a point where the reader <laughs> has to add it himself or herself. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons the short story writing gives to novel writing is getting that cut. With novel writing, going back to what um, Fedora was saying, you do get run into a bad habit of expanding when you don't need to expand and just cutting it to the bone. One of the short stories I did have published, I went through before, it was actually part of a chapter that I had written for a novel that they asked me to convert to a short story. It took, I'm trying to remember that horror, um, and it was actually a horror short story, um, it's 72 hours, I have written 
37 drafts of that short story. <laughs> so that might also color why I'm kind of like not anti <laughs> I'm not really anti-short stories, just don't find them for me. Go ahead, Kathleen, and then over to Brad. Oh, um, something else that I have heard said is that a short story is kind of like poem, like poetry. You have to pare it down to the essence. You have to pare the story and the characters yes. down to the essence of what they are. And uh, that poetry has a lot in common with that. Brad. Yeah, actually, I just, uh, oddly enough, had the opposite problem, I guess one would say. Uh, I had a uh, 330-ish word uh, flash fiction I wanted to turn into a literary journal that was accepting 500 words. Uh, and adding in 200 words to a piece I thought had been stripped down to its full perfectness mm-hmm. uh, was actually one of the more difficult things to do. It took like a week and a half. It was kind of crazy. Uh, and in the end, it's 503 words. Uh, I, you know, that's it was a struggle the whole way. So I would equate uh, flash fiction, especially to uh, poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that would definitely. Well, and on that note, I'm going to say tune in next week. We have another interesting topic in the writing industry. Please subscribe to us on whatever platform you um, are listening to, and share us with your fellow writers. Take care and have a good week writing. Bye bye. The new theme songs for Right Pack Radio were written and performed by Meredith Tate. All copyrights remain with her.